Hello and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. Today we will be discussing the ninth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery entitled Rubicon. It was written by Alan McElroy. Oh, we should mention, by the way, we are live on Twitch. And he's clearly having some some audio issues there with feedback, but go on. Yeah, so I, I muted it on You're my good. browser, but I didn't realize it was going to play in the thing you sent me. In the, in yeah. The, yeah, so. Yeah, all right, this is freaking me out, man. I'm like... Look, look, dude, I stream. I'm a gamer. I stream all the time, as you probably know. So this is, yeah. uh, yeah. I can stream, but I just don't want to see it. Just minimize. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, can't, I can't help all you right. there. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, for recording purposes, should we take it from the top? No, we're fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and I should say, you know, people who, are, if anybody's watching this live, we will be prone to making some mistakes. So, yes. like we just did. This is our first. Actually, our podcast recording session. <clears throat> yes. Different than your normal Twitch stream. Right, right, but that's okay. Nobody's in the chat yet, so nobody saw anything. Nobody watched. Anyway, so this is the episode is titled Rubicon, and uh, but I'll let you give us all the uh, the metadata of this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, the metadata is just that it's called Rubicon, and it was written by Alan McElroy, the um, Halloween 4 writer yep. and writer of a bunch of Discovery episodes and we really liked this previous episode this season right and a writer that we yeah have really said some good things about um, but I think uh, where you and I landed on this one is a bit of a mixed kind of a mixed bag um, and I think for me I'm beginning to feel the season wear on me at this point so I totally agree. Yeah. I feel like um, it started off so strong. Mm-hmm. And it's the more they the more they focus on their big story of the season, right. the worse it <clears throat> Right. It's 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 weird because I was thinking about this as I was watching it for the second time. And I kind of feel like that when they do I'm into the episode by itself, but then when I begin to think about the larger ramifications the connection to the season-long story arc and everything i just get like i get exhausted because as i said as i as i have said i think for two weeks in a row now it feels like a lot there's a lot going on but it doesn't feel like a a lot is happening episodes feel very self-contained because so much is going on but yet we've only barely inched forward on the I think on the overall story. So I'm I'm personally getting a little impatient with some of it. Yeah, I think it's inching forward and it's just getting there in such frustrating ways. Yeah. And you know, they've really cut down on the all the multiple storylines. Mhm. But boy, what are they doing with the main storylines <clears throat> they have? They're not Right doing anything more with it. I feel like they've cut out all the side storylines and but not added of any plot to the main story. Well, I think because you and I in the early half of the season before the break, we felt like they really struck a good mix. 
where they had multiple stories going on at one time and they all were touching on the same theme of the episode. Yeah. And it felt really good. And, and I, will, I should mention, and most of those, I, I think, and I could be wrong about this, didn't really tie into the, the overall season arc, correct? Weren't they more self-contained? Mm, oh, yeah. So it was kind of neat because what we got was, I feel like the main season story sort of put things in motion for the episodes, but it wasn't right. the main thrust. So even right. evacuating the the asteroid that was in the way of the DMA. Right. Right. So it's a side effect of the DMA, but the story <clears> was really about what do you, what does a society do with its prisoners? Right. And right. How should they be treated? And I so, should mention, I should say with starting the events, but it doesn't. And with, open. with that episode that you mentioned too, like even if you remove the season-long story arc from it, that could have just been some weird subspace anomaly that's threatening a world by itself. Right. Like that still that still could have been a self-contained, yeah, right, right. But we don't have that. We don't. But I know that we don't get missions and go on them. It's always yeah. But I think so. Most notably, this episode brings back the uh command brings back commander non from last season who well season two actually who uh came with us from the 23rd century to remind everybody she actually comes from the enterprise under captain pike and now she's back in a more uh supervisory role hardly <laughs> allegedly right Allegedly. I mean, I was glad to see her again. I was, I was really happy to see her again. Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> well, okay. Now, she's brought back because Star- there needs to be somebody there who's, like, not connected to book. And I got to tell you, I'm really sick of this. You're too close to book. Everybody's too close to book. Saru is too close to book. And I was trying to, th- and I was thinking to myself, how many scenes did Saru have with book last season? Right. And I, and I couldn't remember, but like, oh, you, you pass by book in the hallway. You can't, you, you know, you can't go either. Right. Right. You, you, you wrote a turbo with him. You can't go. You're too close to him too. You've had some nice lunches with this guy. So you're not able to prevent him from possibly destroying, you know. Yes. Uh, of our life or starting a war with a super more advanced right society it's it's a it's a weird way to try to put in some drama but you mean to tell me that michael burnham or anybody who's close to is supposedly close to book would not be able if the entire galaxy is at stake they we saw our answer michael can't right it's just. I mean, here's the, the, but here's the, okay. All right, <clears throat> so we'll jump right into it. Here's yeah. my, what I'm shocked about. Mm-hmm. First off, this person, what was her name? Non. Committed on. Non useless. Yeah. Because Michael talked her out of everything. Right. So, so much for her being the tough, no nonsense, gonna do what it takes, because Michael just talked her out of every single thing that was right. happening. Right. Right. Um, 
So I feel like that just made it so completely useless. And then they have this conversation, Michael and Nan, as if Nan had learned an important lesson about finding the middle ground. No. No. Finding the middle ground failed completely. And yet they have this very touching heart to heart about, you know, you're so right. We need to strive for the middle ground. But there was no middle ground. It just destroyed everything. Ultimately, nothing mattered in the end. Non, there was no need for non for non to be there. Well, there was, but she just. But it didn't amount to anything. Because, as you say, Michael talked her out of everything. Right, and then Michael was having none of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, And then the worst part, though, is they come back, and nobody seems to be in trouble. Or no one seems to. No. No real. It's like, oh yeah, they said this could be really bad, and so we're gonna move up the. the Michael disobeyed orders. Talked the person. Not she didn't. I just think. Okay, so she didn't disobey orders. So that's the classic one. Right. She interfered with somewhat what was supposed to do. Someone should right. have been mad at someone. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, didn't you feel like when this, when all the events, after all this, there was like, you, weren't you kind of expecting like a lecture from Admiral Vance or something? Right, remember? At the when, end of it, yeah. When Michael didn't get a book. Yes. Cena, yep. The president laid into her. Right. And now, they actually let the thing happen that all of, all, everything has been trying to prevent. They let it happen. Right. And nobody said a word to them. Michael, who Admiral Vance said, you've never let me down. And I thought, but yes, she has. <laughs> Last season she did. This season she did. I mean, this yeah. Really remarkable. How I know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting afraid. It's like, it's almost as if the, 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 the break in the season is like, a, it's like a, it's like a line in the sand right now. Yes. Yeah, it's like they handed it back to the uh, whoever was in charge last season. Here, here is what I'm sort of, you know, because I'm a, de- a designer, I think about these things visually, and I'm thinking about how how they go about this. So, if you think of the season as like like it's like a peak, and then it it peaks, then it valleys, and then it peaks again. And I don't mean that in terms of quality. I just mean it in terms of like the interest in which it wants to tell its stories. So like you've got the first few episodes like at the top talking about the DMA, and then it just very quickly descends into a valley, which tells all these other stories that are not really related. We'll get maybe we'll get minor updates on the DMA, and then you get this rising action again. That's like now fast tracking everything to kind of get to this conclusion. So now we're back on the DMA again. It's going up and up and up and up. But nothing is really amounting to anything right now. It's like, it's as if, like we're learning very, I feel like we're learning very little as we go along. And there's not a lot of progress. Is that they've blown up their mining equipment. Right. Like, so now they're saying, well, we may have just angered them a real lot. That's the thing. No. And also, it's like, I don't know, if somebody's drill got blown up, I mean, I don't know, they might not be happy about it, but especially if they're able to replace it immediately, it doesn't seem well, like anything. That's the thing. There's so many assumptions being made about Species 10C. Well, this show's all about assumptions. I mean, you... What was it you said? It was, it was the episode before this, the break, where they said, we have to either make a first contact with them the right way, 
or we can't destroy it. There was, it was like one or the other. It was like one something really good, yeah. something really bad. And you were like, how come yeah. there's not like a third kind of like, why is it either that or that? How come it can't yeah. be? Yeah. Why can't you disable it and then make first contact? Well, yeah, like disabling like, it. They didn't know this. And then being like, by the way, you know, your stuff's you know, just... Right. Can you kind of... Because... It's so sorry that we blew up your drill, your space drill. Right. But, you know, it's going to kill us. Right. Seems like that maybe. Because Taka... Yeah. Well, because Taka needs right. it for that. So, yeah. to get back, right? So he does claim... Yeah, he is claiming that he's going back, even though... It seemed more like he had lost people, but whatever. That doesn't really matter. Right. But here... All right, so... Here's the thing, though, about Target. Oh, man, the assumptions. I'm glad that you brought up assumptions. It's assumptions. It's all assumptions. Yeah, that's right. So they get fired at, and Michael says, no, but Book didn't do that. <laughs> she doesn't know that Book didn't do that. Right. But she said that in, 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 in you know, this supposedly hardened security. Because, yeah, that's when Taka hits the... Oh, okay. Taka hits the console... He like kind of shoves Book out of the way, hits the console to fire on Discovery, and Michael knows, oh, Book wouldn't fire on us. Right. Yeah, maybe. But you don't know but, that. You can't base your whole thing around this, your whole plan. Right. And it's like, how do you know that? Because I kind of feel like what, don't you kind of feel like what Book is doing now, his whole thing right now is totally out of character? So if he's doing that, why wouldn't he f- do something as simple as fire on Discovery? Yes. So wait, so yeah. let me follow through the logic, right? So, okay, yeah. so Michael believes Book didn't fire on Correct. Which must mean that Tarka did, correct? Well, we see him. We see it happen. So we see, we literally correct. see Tarka do it, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're just going by what Michael knows. Correct. If Michael believes Book didn't do it, it's only two people on the ship, the other one's Tarka. So Tarka did fire on mm-hmm. according to her, right? Right. So Darker did fire. Right. So then brings up this information. They're like, we're going to find out how long they're going to be here. Yep. And that's going to change everything. They never tell us why that information would matter in the least bit. Right. Until a while in. And then they say, and it's like, okay, fine. But so they're saying, like, we just need that information and then we can buy some time. But I ne- they never explain to us how that information is going to buy anyone anytime. Well, and you. And you know, you know how Michael would know that book didn't fire on them? Because she's too close to him. <laughs> yeah, because she's too close to him. And yeah, we're suffering right. also, again, from the small federation thing. Small we are. We are. Because, I mean, my heavens. <laughs> I could none. I mean, there's no one else that could have went. Maybe someone, does, she might not be close to book, but she's close to Michael, and clearly that affected things. Well, I... Because Discovery has the spore drive, they have that spore drive, and so I they kind of get around that by Vance saying, you know, the 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 president realizes that Discovery's the ship that's best equipped to go out there because they have a spore drive. But it's not I I get no sense of how far away all of this is. Like, is this just around the corner? Is this hundreds of thousands of light years away? I mean Who could have said someone other than not? Someone who had no connection to Michael. And then maybe giving us some actual tension, some actual conflict. Right. Yeah, I mean... We don't really get much. Because the, the, the reason they give is because she's a Barzan, and it's like duty before. What do they say? Duty before something. Yeah. 
Duty above all. Duty above all. And I'm like, uh, okay. But I guess not. Send a Vulcan. He makes a very convincing case to them in Duty now. Yeah. But send a Vulcan, who's all about, lo- who's all, well, I, excuse me, Navarian, who's, who is logic above all. Who would have no, I mean, in a way, yes, Michael is too connected, too close to Book. But isn't Nan too close to Michael and them? I mean, Nan served on the ship. Exactly. Right? And yeah, I know they say duty above all, but I mean, why not send somebody who has, who has no relation with them at all? Yes, because we don't get to meet any of those people. No, we don't. We don't. So wait, but let me, all right, let me continue my logic. So <laughs> Sorry. Michael, that sounds fine. This was good. Yeah. Yeah. Michael knows that Tarka must have fired. Okay? Right. I actually really thought it was effective the moment when everything went silent and Michael was realizing, like, oh my god, I actually have to destroy this shit. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. But then they, the, they, the information comes. And then she's like, oh, now I have a plan. I'm going to give them the information. I'm going to fly the shuttle over. She flies the shuttle over. They're talking, right? She convinces Book. Because Book didn't fire on them. Book's reasonable. Right. And then he says he'll do it. And then she leaves. And she leaves the guy who did fire on them two inches away from the firing buttons. Right. Uh, and just goes back to her ship and like, nice, that's all set. But never considers the moment that yeah, maybe Book is reasonable, but we already know the other guy's not reasonable. And you left him. There. Right. She knows that, yeah. She knows that. She knows that Book didn't fire a moment ago. And so it never dawns on her, like, maybe that, maybe that guy will do it again. Yeah. It like, there's a loose cannon over there. My notes say, after she leaves, my, my note says, why didn't Tarkin just fire it anyway? And then he did. And I was like, okay, good, because that's the only thing that would make sense, because Michael just left him there. Right. Right. How can you leave the person who just fired on you? Uh, right. You know is going, in, according to her, she knows... He's going against what Book wants in order right. to fight. Right. There's, there's some extremely, like, superficial, well, artificial threats. Artificial, like, barriers going on right here that... Artificial obstacles that don't even need to be there. Because, to your point, it's like, he could... What's he waiting for? He could just fire the weapon at any time. Yeah. Inside the DMA. He did. I mean, he did it. He had like a flair for the dramatic and did it at that moment when, when he probably could have done that before Discovery even arrived. Or bef- before he even knew that they were there. Right. So, yeah. So, that's the other thing. is right. How did he get it there? He beamed it in, right? He beamed it in. Whatever the, whatever the plot allowed him to do, yes. So, why was it that Discovery being in front of them didn't let them fire it when they could have just beamed it in first place? It doesn't matter. Right. Discovery kept... It reminded, it reminded me of... Um, it was in season one when Discovery was firing on that Klingon ship and it kept jumping all around and then firing, jumping again, firing. So it kind of reminded me of that. But the whole point of Discovery getting in front of them was to block them from getting the weapon into the device. Yeah. But they ended up beam it anyway. They ended up getting it into the device anyway. Now maybe I mean so we're live obviously and you know there are people in the chat. So if I'm if if we miss something Oh, yeah, please let us know. And I should say, anybody who's watching this, because I see we have a few viewers, I mean, if anybody, is anything wrong with our logic, if we missed anything, you know, definitely tell us. Like it, but, but 
the whole point of Discovery getting in front of them was to prevent firing. That right, but they, they put the torpedo tube six. Because if this were like one of the older shows, there would be like that dramatic moment of the like you would see the you would see it get fired, and you'd see it like heading toward the device, and it'd be like oh no, you know right? There'd be like that really dramatic moment. But yeah, so again, there's a, something that could have been done to override to get past an obstacle, but it he, wasn't used until he, they wanted to use it, so it just didn't have any logical. He reason. did it. it just beam it earlier when they were trying to he did it when michael was heading back to discovery now did discovery have shields up and they decide all right take the shields down like did michael's return to discovery somehow drop a defensive measure that prevented them i don't i don't believe so i i don't i i yeah i'm not sure about that so I'm, I'm, yes, I'm just as easily, I'm just as equally confused as you are on that because yeah. this is, but all of that would have been moot if they had just beamed Tarka straight to the brig and they even said like, we're not going to put you in the brig, but Tarka still fired on you. At least put him somewhere, confine him to quarters on discovery. Don't just, what were they, and why didn't she leave? Were they letting them like, why don't you guys pack a bag and then we could come over? Why didn't she just take him right back? Well, it, it also made me think about like if Cisco or Janeway or Voyager or like the USS Voyager were going after them, you know, they would probably like lock a tractor beam onto them and pull them in or something like that. And like to keep them away, you know, from there would be some sort of something they would tether to, they would tether the other ship somehow to prevent them Maybe from them your ship to me. right. I mean, and I gotta tell you, I I completely forgot that Discovery has a cloaking device. I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't remember last season. They kind of were, it was sort of like a by the way we have a cloaking device, and it was it's one of those technologies that just sort of comes into play as they need it, as the plot requires, like a tricorder is. So, yeah, I, I like this was th- there were moments like this. There were many moments in this episode that they clearly felt like remember i was saying some time ago where they seem to the writers seem to sometimes disregard the the world of star trek over over like over drama so like if the world like the 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 canon or the 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 universe of trek sometimes gets in the way of them doing something that they feel is dramatic. Like I said, they could have flown in, they could have done a tractor beam, they could have done this, they could have done that, as other Star Trek shows have done. But they prefer to sort of disregard all of that and just go for the drama that just, for this very sort of weak drama that doesn't fully work. Because as a fan, I know there are other things that they could do to get themselves out of that predicament. Right? Yeah, why didn't they, yeah, you say, why didn't they beam them out? Why didn't they, or at least attempt to, and at least you have that line where they say, oh, there's interference, you know, because the transporters never work, right? Yeah, do yeah. something to prevent the person who just fired on you. It clearly is right. probably not that happy about this plan right. uh, from doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was really... Again, it's one of those things where they make poor choices just because that's what they need for the plot to go forward. Because they really wanted them to blow up the mining equipment. Right. 
at the end of this episode to force their hand. Right. And, and no repercussions for anyone who failed. No, and, and again, you know, I, I feel the same way you do. I, I felt like this was building to something. You said somebody should have gotten in trouble when they got back. Someone should have, yeah. No one, nothing. She was in her, Bible was in her uh, orders or whatever, just chilling. Right. Like, yeah, now we're going to go do this other thing. So, right, exactly what Vance tried to prevent. Right. Michael being too close. Uh, and not doing what needed to be done and letting them destroy it is exactly what happened. Well, I will say this. So the least non should be getting an earful because yes. her whole job was to prevent that from happening, and then it did. And Michael learned yeah. a really great lesson about compromise. Well, I'll say this, right? It's it's not as if so Michael was successful in getting through the book. It was Taka who kind of who threw this all into chaos. Right. Right. But the mission was yes to stop it. Blow up the thing. Right. Right. And it still happened. Your mission today is to get books to have a change of heart. Which? No, that was not her mission, though. Her mission was to prevent blowing up the thing. It's great that book had a change of heart. Right. Again, on this show, right? That was the mission, really. Right. We need to make book see the error of his ways. It's. Michael, yeah. Mission is to not blow up the thing. Michael is hoping that she can have. um, Was it you saying? I I think you have said this several times that the show tries to have its cake and eat it too. I don't think I've said that, but I I think it fits. You've said it somewhere. Some I've read that multiple times someplace, but I've heard this. I've heard this expression applied multiple times to the show. Whereas that Michael is trying to, they just need Michael to stop this from happening. And she's too emotionally compromised with book. And so what she's trying to do is redeem him at the same time while trying, while trying to stop this from happening. Yes. And you could have everything, but she never, here's the thing. If you're going to have a character do that, they ought to face some actual consequences for their action. Right. That it would have weight, but the feeling now that I'm having is that nothing has any weight or, uh, you know, it's a cliche thing, but there's no stakes for anything. No, and, so, and, and as I was watching this for a second time, I, I definitely felt like that as we were sort of in the middle of all of this, of this situation, I didn't really feel any stakes. Nothing felt like it was really at risk as I was watching it because it was really, as I said, the, and the same with last week, right? It just, it felt very padded, just sort of needlessly, what did I say last week? Needlessly dragged out when... It always felt like it was going to have a fun, like a, a happy ending, quote unquote. Right. I never thought they were going to just kill Book. I yeah. never thought that they were going to was going to kill Michael. Right. I thought Morgan was going to kill anybody. I'm surprised they even had to blow it up, but it figures that it blew it up and essentially it came right back. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that's... Um, I, think I, I think I lost it. So is it? I thought it was gone. So, but it, it, it reminds me of the first episode of the season when the president accompanies Michael and Discovery on the initial mission. 
and the president talks to Michael in the end and sort of gives her a sort of a minor review of a brief review of who she was and what she's done, the risks she's taking. And at one point the president says, you know, everything you did was they were huge. She said they were huge swings of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I thought at the time was that, and it, it may still be the case that was sort of a seed being planted to say, Michael has this captaincy. Now she has to sort of live up to that. Now she like, in other words, she can't just do, she can't just be the captain, but be the person she was before that. This, it's got to be different this time. She has to, she can't just take these massive, these big risks. And this was more of the same. Yes. This, this feels like she's still doing that. I mean, she's not, she's not sort of going rogue and saying, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want. But... She sort of did, though, in one sense, because yeah. Vance said, I'm sending her because she's going to... Um, not. I'm going to send Nod because Nod's going to know when the moment is that we need to use the, uh, you know, the extreme measure. Right. And when Nod decided it was time to use the extreme measure, Michael talked her out of it. Right. And... <clears throat> essentially made the thing happen that they were supposed to prevent. So Nan probably should take more blame. I think Nan should take more... I think Nan should take more blame because she... Ultimately, her reason for being there was pointless, right? And, like, there were at least two moments. So, when Nan brings Michael and Saru into the ready room and explains to her the kind of last resort of how you can blow up Book's ship if you if we need to. That's, you know, she mentions that's why this is the last resort. She, you know, kind of goes through the Death Star plan type of situation where you, you fire into this tube and it goes in and it destroys everything. And, mm-hmm. right, and Michael says, well, and Saru says, like, that would result in Discovery's destruction. And, and she says, that's why it's a last resort. But ultimately, that didn't well, matter. Right. But ultimately, the reason for that didn't even matter because we weren't going to get to that point. I knew it. I knew we weren't going to get to that point. And then even also later on where when Michael's about to leave and go, um, it was sort of like, you know, Michael saying, no, give me one more chance. I just let me talk to him one more time. I can do this. Goes over on the shuttle. And before she leaves, she says to Reese, you know, I want you, if Nan gives the order, I want you to obey it. And he says, you know, he says, yes, Captain. But again, that didn't. Like, you're, you're, you're putting these things out there, but I know that this is not going to happen. Plus, here's another thing. If, according to Vance, Michael didn't have to tell Reese that. Nan was right. able to override Michael's orders. Right. She didn't have to give him permission. Right. So again, she so in a way, she did disobey orders. But the the um, a, a big issue that I have with it is like so when Michael was talking to Vance, yep. Vance told her, "Nan's coming with you because she can make the hard decisions that you may not be able to make." And Michael said, "You know what? You're right." What was it she was saying, agreeing to? What did she think 
Nan was going to do. Because once she heard, oh, you're going to blow up a ship, then she freaked out. So what did you agree to earlier? What did you think Nan's... What did you think Vance was sending Nan to do? To like Right. I mean, was Nan supposed to come and suddenly relieve Michael of duty and be the captain, at least in that moment? And so you all have to listen to me. Your captain is compromised. And, but Michael should have known. Yeah. One of the possibilities would be to blow up Michael's ship. I mean, blow up Book's ship. Right. But when when Nan said it, Michael acted very surprised. What? Oh my god! You're gonna blow up his ship? This is outrageous. Yeah, like that. Yeah, is like there Ma- the hard thing you couldn't do. Michael has never thought of this that at any time that. Well, I think it's because Michael is so convinced because she knows books so well. They spent that whole year together that we've never seen that I think she's so sure that she's able to talk him down, talk him off the ledge, so to speak. Even in the beginning, dude, uh, Culver says Tarka is the wild card here. Right. But it just... So how come that didn't come up? Yeah. And the Admiral should know that. What? The, so the well, I, I think everyone he, knew it. Well, he, here's this. Michael should be brought up on charges for not securing him when she was on the when she was right there. Well, this is also where I'm a little confused because you know you, I'm glad you mentioned that because you say you say that Culver says that Tark is the wild card, but why is everybody so focused on Book? Tark is the one who has the weapon. Tark is the one who's took the weapon, right? I mean, they go into this last week a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Book's just shot Book and done everything himself. Right. So, why is it? But Tarka doesn't seem like someone who has much, um, you know, moral scruples. Right, and nobody's close to him. I mean, what? Why? Why are we focused on Book? Yeah, Book's just providing the transport, right? Like, how come? How come the admiral's saying to Michael, like, you need, you need to stop Tarka, not Book. Like, you need to get him. That's very true. I mean, Book. Book wants to help obviously and do this but but even if you know, convince other talk is the mastermind essentially it is what happened but even if you go through all this and you convince book yeah i mean let's just say michael wasn't over there but they had convinced book somehow tarka could have just killed them and taken it to ship and done it himself and and tarka has done everything tarka has taken tarka at all tarka has Tucker took the spore drive. Thanks, Admiral Vance. Tucker took the spore the, the spore drive. He knew everything he needed to know about getting that weapon built. Okay. Book is just the one providing the ship and Book's providing the transport. Tuck is the mastermind of this whole thing. Book's just along for the ride because Book's like, yeah, I want to get revenge on that thing, so I'm gonna help you. But Book doesn't know anything. Book didn't know shit about any of this. Yeah. So why is the focus on going after him? Book's not the one who took any of these things. Taka did all of it. Taka, Taka constructed this whole scenario. So it's like... Yeah, Taka should have been the focus. And, you know... It just could have been better. I mean, what if... Uh, well, they, there could have been a scenario where they killed Taka. Yep would have been cool and at least something would have happened but i think it also michael going over there to convince book to stop 
Stop him to do, like, stop him to do, stop him from doing what? Taka fired. Taka's the one, Taka's the one who fired. Taka's the one who beamed the weapon onto the, onto the, the, uh, into the DMA. Taka did all that stuff. What exactly is Book doing that needs to be stopped? I let, yeah, her, I don't, someone's idea was that if you stop Book, you stop the point. Right, but right. again, well, Book's just the one who wants revenge on the DMA for destroying his world, for getting even, to get even in well, some way, well, but have, you know, Tarka has all the, the toys to do that. Right. Now, well, they, I mean, could have jumped, they could have jumped out of there right away, and then Tarka would not have been able to do that. Right. There were only ways to make sure that it didn't happen that Book could have done or Michael was the one who really had the responsibility. Right. And they didn't do it. Um, and here's what I'm really afraid of. The fact that there's no major repercussions. Yet. I think, but, yeah. I think maybe the show going back to its old pattern of um, like the characters know things that the writers know. Mm-hmm. But we, the audience, don't. So maybe the the writers know that. Well, this is, you know, destroying the the DMA is right. not going to, you know, cause something too terrible to happen. So we don't have to punish them because it's not going to be too bad. Right. Which is just, you know, that doesn't well, help us, the viewer. It goes back to what I said to you way way back in season two. Remember when I said to you while we were recording? I said. I, I forget what we were actually dissecting. I forget the exact thing. But I, I wasn't following something. I was very confused. And then I, I looked at you and I'm like, is it, is it me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I just not paying attention? Is it? And you're like, no, it's not you. And then I, I've, I've continually said this intermittently for the next, you know, two years. And you're like, no, it's not you. Stop it. It's not you. Like, it's not your fault. It's their fault. And I'm like, the show, it makes me feel dumb sometimes. Yes. And the thing that really made me realize is, like, you and I are not idiots. We watch the show twice and we take notes. If we still don't understand something, it's not our fault. It's their fault. Right. Uh, it's not us. It's them. Yeah, we blame them. I, I just, yeah. yeah. I Because... The thing I hate the most is when things happen... For seemingly no reason, and then we find out later, oh, that happened because the writers, the characters do something the writers do, but the characters never learned it in universe, so it wasn't even right. Real, it was just lazy writing. Well, I, it's just these. Okay, well, let me let me let me say this. I'm still, I'm intrigued by. I'm still intrigued by species 10c i still want to know like i'm still on board for all of this and just want to know what's going on with that and hoping we we what we see is you know kind of interesting but these i i think this drama with michael and but like it just it all feels extremely manufactured and yes and, and but yeah manufactured and like we said, we never really felt like there was any threat. And I said it right from the beginning, that the only way this is going to be good is if there's a point where Michael has to make the decision to blow up. Right, right. Which would have been an actual moment of 
I guess they see the the cake. You need it too because they gave us that moment when right. everything was silent, and I didn't think it was effective. And Michael's looking around, and realizing what she actually has to do. Yeah, but I thought that was effective actually. Yeah, the cake yeah. you needed too because then yeah, yeah. oh we had we got that scene, but she didn't actually have to kill Mark. Well, because that reminded me of um, we've had a similar moment like this in the past, but it reminded me of um, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, where Kirk is faced with Nukon, and he, or when the mission, it's the mission where they have to go get him, and Kirk says to either Spock or McCoy, I forget who it was, but he, he just admits he goes, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I just know what I can do. And then even later on when he realizes that he's in a no-win situation, he turns around and looks at his crew and says, I'm sorry. And a captain who's overwhelmed. And I did feel a little bit of that here. But to your point, it ultimately kind of falls flat because nothing, the hard choice was never made because in this case, Stamets came in and said, oh, we have a week before the DMA is gone. So you're good. And, and also, it's like, why is that going to matter to them who are hell-bent on destroying this thing? Because Michael wants to use that as a bargaining chip to say, it's, look. But again, that's something that was so not guaranteed to work. It was a, that was right. a, that was a huge a, pendulum swing. Yeah, that was a big risk. Yes. So again, it's a lot of risk. Because they thought the first bit of data was going to get them. And they sort of addressed that through well. dialogue. Risk is our business, um, but but again, it, it, that particular point I think speaks to what the president said. These are all huge swings of the pendulum, and I think this entire episode was one huge swing of the pendulum. Nothing was guaranteed to work. Michael was not sure of what she was going to do, or if what she was going to do was even going to work. So, just by happenstance. Well, it didn't work because ultimately they didn't end up stopping it. It worked in that moment. It would have worked if Taka didn't do what he was what he did. But and if people had done anything. It's yeah, because I mean, what's she gonna say? She should go back to Starfleet and say, "Well, I convinced them." What does Starfleet say? I don't give a shit. You didn't destroy. It. You didn't stop it. But yeah, no one's mad. Um, yeah, that we know of. Are they gonna? I thought to myself, are they just gonna lie and be like, "Oh, well, look, because a new DMA formed. See, nothing happened. We're good. The DMA is still there." Right. Right. Yeah. How did you feel about that? By the way, sorry, I'm sure you have more to say, but ultimately, it was like nothing mattered. Like think, like nothing, no, nothing they did mattered, and it just continually cascaded. It was a cask. It was a cascading effect of nothing even matters. The interesting thing with the Maybe they have angered 10C greatly. Right. I get. I mean, they seem to imply that that's a possibility. Although, right. if they are able to immediately replace it like that, it seems like it shouldn't be that big of a deal to them. So, right. it can tell us one of two things. One is either it, it has raised the stakes because now they're angry and their first contact was destroying their mining equipment and now they're going to be very cross with them. Or they've now learned how powerful they are and that they really completely stand no chance not only are they more powerful but they're so if they can instantaneously they can just copy paste a uh, dma i so i the last line of the episode confused me so 
when Saru came to the bridge and they said the USS Mitchell was monitoring the area, which by the way, I think I discovered a where no man has gone before connection. Um, they see the new DMA and then Saru says, do you know what this means? And Michael says, we just made first contact. And I'm like, how? Uh, what do you mean you just made first contact? This is just another DMA. More accurate, I think, would be if they said first interaction. The first interaction. Because something came of it right after it? Right afterwards? No, no. It's just... What did I miss? What did I not get? You made first contact with what? They had their first interaction in a way because they... It's like... um. You know, if someone, uh, you have a car parked on the street and somebody hits it. Right. That's your first interaction with them. So you're immediately... Oh, so it's just... You're like, oh, these people are terrible. They hit my car. Right. So the way they were able to essentially just kind of reproduce the DMA so quickly... Yeah. That's sort of... They have made their presence known to them by destroying their DMA. Right. So... It's like, if you want to have a nice, smooth first contact, blowing up someone's stuff is not how you want to start the, uh, the exchange. Well, and even then, the blowing up of this thing didn't even have the effect that they thought. It just kind of, like, disappeared, but that was it. There was no, like, explosion, per se. It just kind of all, yeah. It, like, it reminded me of, um, remember that movie Mars Attacks? It reminded me when they shot the nuclear uh, missile up at the Mars Attacks aliens, and they sent out this little ship, and it just it sucks in the explosion, and <laughs> that little thing comes back into the ship, and they're inhaling the uh, the, the and they're just as if they're inhaling like helium, like but the way it just sort of like stopped the explosion from happening immediately, right? And that that's kind of what it it felt like to me. It, I mean, aside, I but yeah, yeah. jump away. So we didn't really get to see it. But it didn't destroy it. Right. So I think all they mean is that, like, uh, there's a good chance that we have, made, we have, we have gotten off of the wrong foot with these people. Or these well, but again, to your point, is it where they're just like, oh, well, all right, just, oh, yeah, <laughs> just put another one out there. It's fine. Like, if they can just as easily. See, I would think that there was a threat if the DMA reappeared right out front of Starfleet headquarters. It's like, oh shit, now we've angered them. But no, it reappeared in the exact same place. And then one other thing is that it sort of just says that my plan, my, what I said what would make sense because they blew it up and now they're going to do first contact. Right. I mean, it didn't work, but they tried it. So it's interesting too that, <clears throat> you know, they talked about how blowing this thing up would be the worst thing that could possibly happen and it would start a war and all this. And then it blew up and the only repercussion seems to be that they're moving up to the date of the first contact. Right. Right. Now, they were fast-tracking first contact. They, they might be less likely to accept their, you know, peaceful overtures now. But... I but... but but again, I mean, I still, I am not feeling a threat in a way. Like, it's, no, I, yeah. Oh, you know. What if they blew up one of four of them showed up? Yes, like, it's it's not as if, like, what they did. I'm not, it's, is it, it's, is it bigger? Is it, 
No, it's just you know, is uh, to your point, is there four? Like it's just it's the exact same thing. Yeah, which is interesting in one way because it, it's yeah. just that idea that perhaps Starfleet, like they're just ants to the. Yeah, the sense I get is that the way I looked at that was like, oh, 10C just shrugged it off and just stuck another one out there. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, just put another one out there. That's fine. Like, it, I'm not seeing a, yeah. Would not affect the first contact in any way. Right. So, yeah, what what's going on, man? I don't know. You know, is 10C like, oh, hey, Larry, did that thing go out? What happened? Oh, I don't know. Somebody blew it up by mistake. Oh, okay. We'll just send it out there. Just, uh, just quickly, all right, cut and paste. To get it to come in right. So, my, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want to know more about. I'm at the point now where I just want to know more about 10C, which I think most of us do. I, I kind of, in a way, don't really give a shit about the DMA because right now the DMA itself, the DMA has not posed a threat for many, many, many episodes. So right. I'm. Yeah. And nothing really has. We're supposed to believe it is. That we're supposed to believe that in a week it could go somewhere where it might destroy. Yeah, nothing. I feel no threat right now because, as we have said m- many times over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, pre-season um, uh, break, we've not seen the DMA do anything since the, the prison episode. And this is all everything else is just by assumption starfleet is just assuming that this is going to anger them and it's going to start a war when we don't know anything because first contact has yet well what had been yet to be made right and why were they waiting because they moved up the date of first contact why yeah. why why were they not doing first contact anywhere well, they took that vote with all the council, but I, I, I would think like, if if Book and Taka are out there like trying to stop it, can't you? Okay, Michael can go and try to stop them, but chase them down. Can't you send like an envoy to try to make first contact and be like, hey, by the way, oh, and by the way, you know, can you? Could they have done that right after they voted to do it? Yes. Like, what are they doing all this time? Right. Why is it one or the other? And why couldn't they have done it? Like, oh crap! They have a thing and they're going to try to blow it up. Let's make first, try to make first contact now before they do that. Yes, like let's try because what if this ten C might be able to help us stop them or something like that? I don't know. You know, ten yeah, C maybe like they were trying to get more data on them or whatever. But what if ten C was like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. No, you're good. They won't be able to stop it. It's fine. Yeah. Welcome. We bring treats. Like I, I just. There's there's many many assumptions being made, with in my opinion without much evidence. Yes. You know now if this sphere data suddenly pulls out more info out of it, you know out of it. Out of the writers' room. I'm just gonna be you know and and that and I gotta tell you since you mentioned that last week that's beginning to get to me. The sphere data. The sphere data and like. It's data. It gets its data from the databases. That are created by the different people. Right. So the sphere data, it's all the information in one place, which is what makes it powerful, but it shouldn't know anything that nobody else knows. Like if they've never explored an area, how would the sphere data know about it? No one's ever explored to get anything. Right. As I said to you, 
when they found it in season two, it's a, it's like a, it's like, they said it's like a history of the universe, but it was a history of the universe up to that point when they found it. That's what I want to, did it create its own data or did other people have to, or, you know, creatures of some kind had to. Right. That's the only, that's my big question. And so the assumption is that when they, when they jump 930 years into the future, the sphere data knows just as much about that time as they do. Right, because all these so, got information from all the database. Correct. And if nobody put the data in, then the sphere data doesn't have the data. Right. That's what I'm confused on. And I, and I think I said to you last week, I'm like, I don't know if it's like somehow ex- making extrapolations here based on the data that it has. But even then, it's, it's oddly specific in what it knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah, someone... Would have had to explain that for that to be. It's a weird mechanism that they have when all you have to do is spore jump to a location to get information. Yeah, like why do they do anything but ask the um, ask the sphere data what to do? Right. Or just why well, do they bother doing anything? Like just or like trying to investigate anything in the sphere data. Well, we know. Find out we know the location of species 10C. The sphere data knows. Roughly. Roughly. Okay. So what's preventing us from jumping to that location? And doing the first contact. And making a first contact. Because then we wouldn't have this quote-unquote tension-filled episode of the book. Turning. Right. Like, why, why do we have to do all this first? Just jump to the location. Because they wanted to do this tension-filled episode. Somebody, somebody pointed out, by the way, which I love. They said, now that we have the spore drive and can literally go anywhere we want, it's not a trek anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's an instantaneous. It's not a Star Trek. It's like just... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to change today? Star jump? I, yeah. So. That's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, so I don't like it. <laughs> I think that it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like one of the this is one of the worst offenders of all the things that drives me crazy about some discovery. Yeah, the fact that Michael completely destroyed the mission. Yep. Convinced Nan to go against what she was ordered to do, and it created the exact thing she was supposed to prevent. And then at the end of it, Nan. Tells Michael how she really taught her a great lesson about looking for the middle ground. Is right. Ins- that's insane. Next episode better open up with Vance giving her a dressing down or something for the president because, I mean, to your point, somebody's got to be in trouble. Somebody has to be in trouble. Got to be in trouble for that. That was exactly what was not supposed to happen. Right. And. You can't trust Michael anymore. I think we we need Captain Saru next week, and that's it. Yeah. So there were so just a few smaller things before we wrap up. Saru did a lot of like stopping people from arguing in this episode, like like twice, I think. Yes, that was. Oh, yeah. And but yeah, right with the help of um, Mm. Pulver. That was interesting. Right. Yeah, started this, it was very strange because that was seemed like a little the between Bryce and uh, Reese yeah. on the shuttle. That, well, 
when Reese almost like too much of a parallel for the real world, you know. When Reese everyone disagrees. When Reese dismisses Bryce and says, you know, referring to his like when a hurricane destroyed his town, when he says, "You don't know what it's like to lose everything." I thought to myself, "Wait a minute! You all jumped 930 years from the future. You all lost everything." Right. Oh, Ben, was he talking about the hurricane again? That's what I assume he was. That's how I assume what he was referring to. But nevertheless, like, you all lost something jumping into the future. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. This is the same stuff that drives yeah. us crazy. It's like, is anyone reviewing these scripts? Is anyone thinking big picture? Right. About being. Well. <laughs> that and well, and that remember that was that that was the prison episode when. He's like, you know, my whole town was destroyed by a hurricane, and I thought to myself, okay, great. Not the right time to tell the story. Yeah. No. Totally not the right time to tell the story, Reese. Yeah, and like, yeah. He's still holding that hurricane thing over people. Yeah, but I've been through a hurricane, all right? So you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both of the planet was destroyed, but I survived a hurricane. Oh, well, that's the other thing. You don't know what, it, yeah. Well, Florida listeners, I understand hurricanes can be very Right. But they're not the same as an entire planet being exploded. Yeah. No. You know, if that's what he means, you don't know what it's like to lose every to lose anything. Yeah, but everybody lost everything. Everybody lost something. Now, if you want to get into how things were lost, okay, I guess. But the right answer to that, you don't know what it's like to lose everything, would have been Are you kidding me? I came to the future when we didn't even have to, because we already stopped control. That would have been the only right answer. Right. Control, which Stamets is seemingly now traumatized by, but okay, suddenly traumatized by. Um, I think the other, the other nice thing about the one, well, the other, but the nice thing in this episode that I like is that we get a little bit of a um, sort of, we get some new moment, we get a new moment between Saru and um, what's her name from uh, T. Tirana? Is that her name? I think that's her name. I almost said to Pring, but that's not to Pring. I really do enjoy those scenes together. I normally would. Normally would. Yeah. But. In this episode, I did. Out of place? Yes, every out of place. Yeah. But. You know, you know how I like a nice Star Trek character with the. Uh, not able to handle their love life. Journey. Right. Yes, but so, um, yeah, you know, we saw this coming for a while, and it was kind of funny. I did like Saru's whole thing of, you know, she asked him for dinner, and he's already thinking like, you know, but we can't get married because of my duty and I'm being pulled in so many directions. Silver's yeah. kind of like, bro, it's dinner. I just happened. To, I happened to notice, by the way, that was some that that was quite. They've made some real advances in this subspace communication because not only was she physically you know present via hologram but she was able to sense his thoughts well that's just maybe yeah that far away that far away yeah that's some um that's some uh, i just i'm just i'm just saying you know i'm just saying but i I, 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 action going on there that's yeah that is a little weird right but, but you know what Maybe it was just like, maybe she was just looking in his face. Maybe his face was scrunched in a certain light or something. We don't know that it was like mind. Mm, but she's a Vulcan, so I would, and they would, no. That's, it was mind. It wasn't just, Okay. no. But here, here's, we, I, I feel like it's 
some of this is because we've gotten two episodes in a row that just focuses on one plot mostly we i think what made the other episodes work so well is because we had if you didn't like one if, if there was like you know an episode that has three plots going on you could maybe say well i didn't like that one but the other two i really liked and here's why so we don't have sort of like a counterbalance in these episodes to we don't have other plots going on and i think it's because they have just whittled away the cast they've gotten rid of characters so there's less it's as if yeah someone they heard the complaint of like you have too many random disconnected stories and rather than make connected good stories they decided we'll just give a drop a bunch of stories right you know it's always fixing the wrong thing right and it seems so strange because um adira was built as a gray were built as such important characters and they're just gone now yeah though i mean the adira and gray relationship was beginning i thought beginning to get very interesting because adira was serving on the ship gray didn't really have a place but gray was also talking with zora and i thought to myself oh is gray's role going to be sort of like getting some matter of control over zora and just (laughs) is that who he's going to be because it seemed because in that particular episode remember like he was sitting in the mess hall and everybody bailed and he was like well i'm here by myself now and he was just talking with zora and i thought is he going to be the one who kind of makes Zora okay? Helps Zora get her shit together? Is he going to be sort of Gray's... Is Gray going to be sort of her counselor in a way? Because if you recall back then, Zora had to be... Zora became a character that we that the show wanted us to worry about. But then they took all that away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't they ask the Sphere what books could do? I, I um, can't say. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This, um, I don't know. Two, I think two misses. I think two misses in a row. Um, total, total misses. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, dark, dark I'm getting worried because you, we know how the show gets as they begin to near the end of a season especially when they get to the last episode of the season. So I'm beginning to get worried about what might happen in the last episode. But I got to say... I feel like all the things we liked about the beginning of the season have slowly fallen away. It's like we're watching two different seasons now in a way, right? And this season is last season. But you know what? By the time we get to the last episode of the season, we'll be on the, the third episode of Picard for the for that season. So I feel like in some ways I'll maybe I'll be like checked maybe I'll be checked out at that point and be like ah oh, it's fine whatever I'm watching Picard I'm enjoying that one. Yes, I, that, that was... it would be a shame. I now I don't want to do that. No, we were so optimistic, and you know what? Yeah. We said it. I said it. I said it. Fool me once, shame on um, you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I, but, but I hope get up this season. I'm not gonna. But the thing is, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna write it off right right now. 
because we have, uh, I think we have four left. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I think that if the season continues this way, I can at least say, well, the first half was really good. The first half was great. I can't say that about season three at all. I can say that about season two. We can say two, two episodes in season three. I would rather have half a good season. Season three, maybe the best episode in the, series, in the whole series. Well, yeah, I mean, there was some, yeah, we said there was some great ones in season three. I, but the thing is, I would rather have half a good season than not a good season at all. The way things are going, I'd rather take one unification part three each season. Each week. Just, no, each season. Just give me one. Oh, yeah. Can, just, can we give Kirsten Beyer the entire show? Just make her the showrunner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have somebody in the power. Yeah. We do have somebody in the chat. Um, so they ask, is this the last season of Picard? This is not the last season. Uh, this is the second season. The show, I think when it was announced, they suggested that it could be three seasons, but it seems like now, recent news, it's, it may go a little bit beyond that. So it was definitely renewed for a third season. So, um, so no, this will not be the last season of Picard. Thankfully. So and, uh, uh, we know you know it's not the last season of Discovery, is that true? Discovery has been renewed for a fifth season, yes. Yeah. We um we don't we know of um Strange New Worlds. We've gotten yeah, we have um obviously season one and yeah, that was renewed for a second season as well. So every, every basically every show has been renewed for another season. I don't think they said anything about Prodigy though. Weirdly, but I, I may have missed something on that one. But um, so yeah. Well, I mean, it, hopefully. Really weird news. Uh, section thirty-one also renewed for a second season. Well, actually, so so some news did drop that um they have a fi- they are officially going ahead with a fourth Kelvin timeline film. Oh, weird. Yeah. With the cast. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So. Uh, I hope it's a story that something about time travel and. Yeah. The the reason why they they had sort of initially put it on hold is because Chris Pine sort of walked away from contract negotiations. But I think I I would assume now, with the recent Paramount and Viacom merger, they're willing to compromise. Now that they got some more money, I'm sure they're willing to uh, meet his salary demands now. Or maybe he's I don't know. But yeah. And now that they're really trying to get a charter back in the spotlight. In the theaters, yeah. Yeah. I I was very indifferent on it. I mean, if if I'm like, okay, that's great. But uh I it's it's the TV that is my is sort of my focus. But if they want to do another one, I mean I'm, that's fine with me. There, there was a lot of starting and stopping with these with these uh you know, film announcements. But I'm at the point now where I I mean I'll believe it when I see it. Dino. Quentin Tarantino to one of the Discovery writers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, we both, and I think, I don't know if it's, the feeling is universal, but I think Beyond was the best one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm split. I can't decide if I like that one the most or the first one. Um, I think the first one's a very moment in time one. Like, yeah. it, was, it was just the kick that the franchise needed at that point. Right. But you and I enjoyed Beyond 
Very much. Yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget watching that film. The second they mentioned the Zindi, you and I looked at each other like, oh my God, the Zindi? <laughs> that was amazing. Right. When we saw that ship that they found, and it looked very Annex 01. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the person in the chat says, when it comes to the sphere data, thousands of years is a blink of an eye in terms of the universe. Nothing much changes. Well, I think the sphere data oddly know some oddly specific things. Yeah, I think my, yeah. my big question on the sphere data is just where does the... Yeah, I think I said it, but... What is it? Has it been hanging around yeah. taking in information? Does it have sensors on it? Does it just right. get information? So I don't know where the information comes from. That's all I want to know. Right. It's not like they jumped to the galactic barrier and took some readings. Right. right. And it's not just by appearing in the future, it automatically knows everything. Right. Just to get the data from somewhere. Now, if, it, if they say that it collects the data itself, then that's fine. I think that. I just right. Don't, it seems a little too magical at this point. I think but you do make the point, right? 900 years to the, to the universe, is, that's nothing. Right. It is. Although, although, to the universe, it's nothing. But to the creatures in the universe, it's a lot. And the fear data knows mm -hmm. also a lot creatures and societies in the universe. Yeah. Society is, is quite it doesn't seem to be making any sort of general... It's not giving us general information. It's very, it's very specific information. Like, so specific. Like it, the stuff it knew back when they first found it. And, and the question I have, another question I have with Sphere Data is, like, have they given this data to Starfleet? Starfleet does have it now, right? Is this now part of? Is this now the new Starfleet database? Oh right, I get no, because yeah, all we heard about was that the Sphere data was sort of absorbing Starfleet's databases, we right? Or vice versa, right? And yeah, is 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 this, is Zora always available to be consulted by all of Starfleet? Not that we ever see any more of Starfleet, so we wouldn't really get to see any. Right. Well, don't forget. If the sphere data merges with AI, it becomes sentient. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah all kinds of stuff. Which, I guess, which happened, I guess, with Zora. Right. Right. Yeah. But Zora's not a threat. No, because they gave Zora therapy. <laughs> Remember that? When, when, I, when, when Pike said that? Yeah. It's going to achieve. And I said to you, I'm like, oh, but, but why, though? Yeah, but you why? No, no. Asserted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say before we wrap up. So there was a brief trailer released. Um, it was sort of a general trailer for the, you know, for Trek on, and its importance on Paramount Plus. They did show, very briefly, but they did show some Strange New Worlds clips. I was surprised at what they showed. They actually showed, they showed the Enterprise itself. Mm. Um, now, I don't know if it was just maybe created specifically for the trailer, but they did show it going to warp. They showed it getting fired upon. Um, so it looks, you know, and it looks exactly the same. The, the still fan back in the cells. I thought they would make some more cosmetic changes to it, but um, it still looked as it appeared in Discovery. So. And allegedly there was a mini trailer for Strange New Worlds at the Investor. Yeah. Investor event which i watched but 
it had the introduction of the Strange New Worlds trailer by Anthony Mount, but then it cut and then it came back. So the trailer itself wasn't there. So there's something floating around somewhere. I'm surprised it hasn't leaked. I suspect that they will release they have to release it soon dude it's been the show comes out in two months like two and a half months not one fucking trailer not one we saw the trailer for season three of discovery like a year before it premiered same with picard we've not seen one thing for this yeah. i don't think they need it like i said i think it's you think it's just free it's it's free promotion just by the fact by the sheer fact that it exists yeah, yeah. You know, well, but I think again, you know, I think it, it what you said a while ago is I think you were right. They know that it's highly anticipated and they are purposely holding Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Correct. And uh, and also it's just that idea of like you're always kind of focusing on the next show. Right. And right now the next show yeah. is Picard. But I imagine once Picard's going, then we're gonna to start to see it. Picard is um two weeks away? Two weeks through. I think it's is it? I think it's a maybe a week from th- I'm not sure. I think it's a I think it's a week from Thursday. I believe it's a week from Thursday. So we are gonna be doing um so we're gonna be watching Discovery and Picard at the same time for three weeks straight. So that'll be an interesting way to uh and Strange New Worlds for one night. For one night, the finale of Picard and then the premiere of Strange New Worlds, big but day, big day. we st- and we still don't know. To our listeners, we still have no idea how we're going to cover this. No, we don't know. No. Yeah, we don't love doing all these separate podcasts. Right. So, like, yeah, like we were saying, are we going to now have to do two episodes a week because we do kind of stay? Which I think we might have to. I guess it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks, and then another week. Another week of two episodes, you know, which at that point will be like seven weeks down the line. So, um, whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. But right now, we only have one more episode to look at until that takes place. But, yeah, at any point, at any rate, uh, we'll see what happens in the episode that's premiering this week. And hopefully we have some positive things to say. I say what? Is there a trailer for next week? Yeah, there's a trailer. They usually release them, I think, on like a Sunday, the, like the the week of. So um, I I wish they would release them the the at the end of the episode like they did last like they did last time. I hate that they don't do that. You want to watch it right now? We can stream our live reaction. Would anybody in the chat like to see us do that? I'm happy to do that. I mean, yeah, it's not really about our reaction, but you know. Who cares, man? We do this for us. Uh, we'll have to find it. <laughs> well, yeah. Let me see. Now we're turning to real. Well, actually, hold on. So there's a clip. Okay, let's, let's check, check it out. out. All right, I'm gonna DM this to you. Okay. Interesting. So the president is going to be present at uh, first contact. Yeah, and Discovery's going, and we assume Michael's still in command. Yeah, it was tough because the first I thought she was, she what she was saying was that she was putting the vice president in charge of Starfleet and firing 
advance for the colossal screw up on the mission. That's what I thought. I thought she was about ready to make. I thought she was about to uh, make him. She was gonna make him. You know, demote him in a way. Me too. Yeah. Which was the only appropriate thing. Well, I mean, but to be fair, Vance is one of the few, the le- the few admirals who are not corrupt. Because don't forget, every admiral in Trek is corrupt. That's true. Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe yeah. he's working with the, with the uh, DMA. I will say, I do think it's an interesting choice in the show that they do that they make the Federation president a mainstay character. We've seen Federation presidents before, yeah. but they've never been vital. I think we've seen two, three Federation presidents. In movies, right? Two in movies and one on Deep Space Nine. So, but they've never been a like a vital character. That's the one way that this small Starfleet, small Federation is cool because we get to see, you know, the president around because it is such a rinky-dink operation. Right. Wish that there was some other character that was a other captain. But don't you find it odd that the president isn't is involved in such in decisions like this? Like, do you feel like the president's very in the weeds? I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I Vance would be reporting to somebody else who reports to the. Uh, no, I think it's good. I think this is makes sense as a president. I mean, yeah, maybe she would have a cabinet who would then report up, but yeah, it'd make it better this way. Yeah. That would be. You know, I don't want to get to know the Secretary of Defense or whatever. I know. I'm like modeling this after, like you know, the U.S. government. Um, yeah. Like if this were a cabinet, you know, if there was an Armageddon, and nine hundred years later, we might have a weird yeah. president if, if we still had a government. Well, I hope that. I mean, that's an interesting scene, and I hope that we. Uh, I hope the rest of the episode plays out in a very similar way. That's an intriguing moment that they show. Um, I think it would have been better when I said, I'm going on the mission because clearly we can't trust Michael to not screw up every damn thing we give her. That would right. have been more appropriate after this episode. I'm just waiting for that moment where Michael does something. Because you know that no matter what she does this season, no matter how bad it is, it's all going to be saved by that one thing she does at the end of the season. There's going to be something, there's going to be that one thing that redeems her, right? Like, are we going to have that moment like we had at the end of last season? I, and this will forever be my favorite thing that you ever said about on the show. When the Admiral tells her, you made me see this, remember this? And he says, like, you told me. <laughs> and he went through that whole sort of, like, yeah, thing of how laundry list of how great she was. This, yeah. And you were like, I want to. I want to see that show. That sounds great. I want to see that show. You didn't learn anything. From right. Yeah, it's real weird. It's real weird. This yeah. Very, very Zion says, "I don't blame her for the last episode. It was the scientist that did it. She talked, but she did. I mean, you're right. She talked book down. Tarka did it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they're going after the wrong person. They're focused on book." When they should be focused on Tarka, my opinion. I think she let it happen because when she was there, she knew that Tarka was aggressive. She knew that Tarka fired on her. She knew that Tarka was the one pushing book, and yet she just flew away and left him there. 
when they could have beaten him out, they could have done any number of things. They knew he was a wild card and yeah. a maniac. So I think it was a dereliction of her duty to just trust that now he would go along with the new plan that Book just agreed. It's because she's so close to him, she thought that he would... It's your responsibility now to stop Taka, but again, Taka is the problem. Taka is the wild card, and he's... They need to go after him. Probably Not... Tarko would have killed Book to do what he wanted to do. Right. Because I don't believe Michael knows very much about Tarko. Well, like, where are the ramifications for uh, Vance? Because it was kind of Vance's fault that Taka got away with the spore drive in the first place. Vance said, I let, I, I let him... Vance is too close to Taka. I, another thing I wonder is they said that the spore drive, like, oh my god, like, it's the only spore drive we needed. But yeah. I would assume that with this kind of technology, the hardest part is figuring out how to make it, not actually making it. Right. If they figured out how to make it, they likely could make another one. Yeah, the thing we need that spore drive back, and I'm thinking, well, you made one already, so did you not... What happened? you delete the file the instructions on how to how to make it yeah just make another one i'm sure they don't want a loose one running around can't you make another one just as easily as they made a new dma well maybe not that easy but almost that easy. yeah um Let's see if i have any interesting notes before we close does everybody know he's from a different universe no i don't I book knows but i don't think starfleet knows no, i don't i don't think so either I don't think that's come up with anybody else. So I don't know if that would change anything. I, I suspect that Kovic would know. I would not be surprised if Kovic knows that. And Kovic is not going to volunteer that information until it's absolutely necessary. Where is he, by the way? Where the fuck has that guy been? I'm so, I'm so over Kovic. I'm just, I'm like, all right, enough's enough with this guy. Just He's going to become... The character who, you know, first words we thought, like, oh, he must be some kind of secret ops thing. Right. And then he showed up doing some other job, and then he showed up doing some other job. Right. He, he does. He really wears a lot of hats around me. Yeah, I, I'm so, I'm so over this person. Like, just tell me who the fuck he is. Stop, stop teasing me. Okay. Just who is he? This is, is really getting old. So here's one of the thoughts that I had, because as I felt that it was very. Um, uh, stakes free. Yep. Kind of nothing was happening. When uh, Nan agreed to Michael's plan and she flew over on the shuttle, Yep. I had this flash that maybe Nan's just going to blow it up right now. I actually thought the same thing. That would have been something. Yep. Uh, but so. I may not have liked it. But I would have applauded the show for taking a ball, doing a ballsy move. Yes, and at least doing something. Yeah. Said so Don learned an important lesson about finding the middle ground. Because you and I have agreed that the show the show doesn't take enough risk. Right. No, it doesn't. Which yeah. seems funny to say that a show that threw its characters 900 years in the future doesn't take enough risks, but it does. Right. I mean, that's a risk, but. Ultimately, I think that was done to just wipe the slate clean of canon so they could just not have to worry yeah. about that. It was the safest risk. I think that was, yeah, it was, it was still, yeah, because you could just, I mean, you could just create a whole new show that takes place 900 years in the future and just do that. But, um, yeah. And also, it wasn't, if you took 
a show that really was working well and put it 900 years into the future, that would be a risk. But right. I think that's what we got. Yeah. Because they threw next gen after, you know, five seasons, they threw it 900 years in the future. That would be a bold move. Right. The next gen was 80 years in the future. That was just on its own. So, yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for tonight. I think I uh, can also say that I, this was a successful live stream. We had a couple of viewers, and I like that we had some uh, chat interaction. That was cool. I really appreciate that. Thank you all for contributing. And I think we will do this on a more regular basis. We, this was just sort of a, a test. Um, you're all essentially getting access to our recording session. So Yes, I think it's a nice thing. Yeah. We did what? Well, I'll talk to you about that after. Okay. Um, so we'll see everybody sometime this week to discuss the next episode of the season. And until then, peace out, everybody.